So a duck, go, a duck goes into a bar and goes up to the barman and says, got any bread? And the barman says, no, I haven't got any bread. And the duck says, got any bread? And the barman says, no, I've just told you I haven't got any bread. And the, guess what the duck says? He says, got any bread? And the barman's beginning to lose his cool here. And he says, listen, if you ask me one more time, if I've got any bread, I'm going to nail your beak to the bar. And the duck says, got any nails? And the barman says, no. So the duck says, got any bread? Brilliant. <laughs> Is that better after she glasses the wine? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're five. <laughs> My name's Neil Dudman. And my name's Dave Kite, and you're listening to the Nursery Business Podcast. It is afternoon, 12 minutes past 12. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to oh, season two. Listener, have you missed us? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. <laughs> their life, their week has, has been incomplete. According to market research, their bedtime routine is, has been incomplete because a lot of people use us to get to sleep, which is fascinating. <laughs> There's all, all, those, all those lovely housewives around the UK that are our nursery owners and uh, all those females are uh, going off to sleep to your dulcet tones, mate. How does that make sense? That's a bit sexist, mate. Sexist, well, yeah, that's why I changed it. I was just thinking of, of the female species lounging around to your voice late at night, and yeah, the rest doesn't bear thinking about really. <laughs> Way too much information. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. you've moved and you're moving. Yeah, this week's a big week, so finally moving into some owned property for me, which has been uh, about three and a half years in the in the making, but here we are. Yes. Finally decided to settle down on the sunny south coast. Been well, um, down here for a while. So we've got to thank COVID because without COVID, we wouldn't have got into the habit of uh, recording the podcast remotely. Because if I remember correctly, you didn't think it would be possible to do this without being in the room. I am happy to admit that just this once, just this <laughs> once, I was wrong. I was. Did you hear that? And that that um, was the mic dropping and me leaving the room. And that's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. Is that getting. it? That's it. I've peaked yeah. now. I've peaked. Yeah. yeah. That's the apology done. <laughs> Can we move on? Well, no, we, we just learn. We just learn, don't we? And um, it's, funny, it's funny that uh, when you're forced into a, a situation, you adapt. When COVID hit, we were doing in-the-room masterminds. And now we rarely do in-the-room masterminds, but we do a lot of Zoom support calls. Yeah, and I think it's just apparent how stuck in our ways we actually are. And I guess you could use this metaphor for many things that we do on a daily basis and a week weekly basis. But obviously COVID forced us to stay in and do this remotely and do our meetings remotely and, and also set up new products on the back of being able to Zoom and people being used to it and it being the norm. I think it would have been a tougher sell two years ago to say let's have a video conference meeting with six ten other people 
they people are going no sorry just don't get that i i don't want to be on camera i don't want to talk to people that i'm not in a room with and it, people just weren't in that mindset but it's forced us and here we are i still love the physical meetings we do one a month don't we to keep our to keep our hand in. and different things do come from the physical meetings for sure but zoom has worked really well so we've still got a few places haven't we available in our zoom mastermind sessions yeah, if anybody wants to uh, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk and take us up on trialing the, um, the Zoom call, you can uh, come and have a try and see if it works for you. Um, we will charge you, but if it's not for you, then we'll give you your money back and you can give it a go. And really interesting, though, that the Zoom groups, the, the friendships in those Zoom groups are tending, are, are nearly as strong as the in the room groups a year on. And there are some very strong relationships being built in these groups. Yeah, it's, I was quite, I'm quite staggered actually how quickly the, the groupers bonded. or the groups have bonded and come together. And, you know, you don't know, you don't know when you're going to need your trusted circle until the, the proverbial hits a, hits a fan. And we've seen a few cases in the last few weeks of the verbal not only hitting the fan, but smashed it out of the ballpark, haven't we? And yeah. the group have been there to get expert advice immediately from a trusted source. There was an incident the other day where I had a phone call from a client and 45 minutes later, there was eight nursery owners jumped on a Zoom call and we discussed their issues and their next steps for about half and half an hour. And I think they were mighty grateful of having that resource available to them. It's, it's validation. And very often when you explain um, and tell people the situation, you, you work out what you need to do. You don't necessarily need, you, you don't need suggestions. You just need to start talking and bit by bit you'll piece together what the best option is. Yeah. And that's the whole reason that the nursery group on Facebook came available was for my own issues. And I needed an outlet for someone to talk to. And here we are five years on with and sort of two and a half thousand members which is, uh, which is crazy six, six years is it six years mm -hmm. wow time flies what, what a different six years makes yeah it doesn't seem like a day over eight <laughs> <laughs> and of course all these groups that are remote and have this bond they're all going to be meeting up next may when we have our our fourth conference thank it, goodness Absolutely. It's really good. Fingers crossed that um, Omicron doesn't grab and spoil yeah. everything. But there you go. This is a COVID-free zone. We're a positive. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's just the way life is. And I was listening to some phone-ins this morning on the local radio station. And some people are changing the way their business operates. And they're not changing until COVID disappears. And, I, and I'm of the, of the opinion that it's not going to disappear it's just going to be around but we're going to be more and more vaccinated and everything else and immune and immunized so this is the way life could be for many years yeah and yeah just get on with it and deal with it i'm not quite sure that the i, th I think we'll deal with covid better than we will deal with labor shortage i think that's going to be around for a long while i i can't see how this was going to be fixed than how you feel i, oh, it's, I it's think about, it's, it's, it's yeah. about market share now there's a small pool and you've just got to be a bit more get your elbows out and be a bit more aggressive i don't know how you feel i think this is a bigger problem than actually covid in the sector i i think having a, a staff team just having a staff team is going to be a struggle there is a massive national shortage of 
childcare workers and trying to entice people into the nursery sector when the minimum wage rises and you can go and work at McDonald's for sort of £10.50. And it's a struggle and that leads on to being, you have to be good at retention of the people that you do have to start with. So there's two sides of the coin. You need to look after those that you have, but somehow attract new people to you. And we are already seeing that Peter's robbing off Paul and Paul's robbing off Peter and vice versa. And the prices are going up. And definitely the prices are going up, the wages are going up, everything's going up. Everything's going up. This is where it's really important to know your numbers. Yes, indeed. And not be afraid to uh, rise rise your prices. You know, if you have to pay more, then you don't have a choice. And those that don't won't be around for much longer. Well, we've worked out the minimum wage rises. If we move everybody up accordingly, it's going to cost us about £70,000. And right. obviously, we can only put up our, our private income. That's a, lot um, of, that's a lot of money for a 24-place nursery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, our fees are really high. And we have loads of little stuff. <laughs> no, but that's, a, that's across the group. And, you know, that has to come from somewhere. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's coming from the, from the invoice value. So the invoice value has to go up. There is no choice. Absolutely yeah. no choice. And it's, it's compounded by the fact that you, your funding's not going up. So you actually have to get the money somehow. You have to get the money well, somehow. You know, the funding... Yeah, the funding is going up a little bit. There was a, it was announced in the budget, and I think it's going to equate to around 15p per child per hour. And I've worked out that at one of my settings, we claim about 16,000 hours a year, which uh, drumroll equates to about £2,500, which doesn't really go anywhere near the, the 70,000 mark that the, yeah. the wage rises are causing so yes it's a little bit but it's not even scratching the barrel really yeah 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 cool back to the conference uh, we've got i think it's uh, last look by the time people hear this podcast the shopping cart will probably be closed we're closing on the first of december and i don't think i'll get this out before we've closed well, it for the end of today probably yeah, we've got, a, I think, the last count, 135 people uh, registered, which is brilliant, or uh, and booked in. And a significant number of those um, are desperate for a party in the evening. But uh, yeah, that's really good. We will be opening in the new year, but the prices will go up. So uh, if, if you want to go onto a waiting list, again, drop me an email at podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. I'll send out an email today reminding people that the, the podcast closes tonight. and but it won't open until the new year uh, and the prices will go up. So if, if you want to go on to waiting list, drop me an email. I'm, I'll make sure when the pod, when the uh, tickets ticket machine opens again, we'll let you know. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm super excited to get back in the room. It's been, uh, the fourth one's been a long time coming. Num- number one was a starter for us, wasn't it? Then we quickly went on to number two and three. We had a summer one and a, and a winter one. And then, of course, life got in the way and COVID hit. So it's going to be super good to get everybody, everybody back. We're going to have some amazing speakers, which we hope to finalise after Christmas as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and it will be business oriented. It won't be childcare. So if you're looking for more knowledge about childcare, this is not the place for you. This is about running a business. This is about what your long term plans are, how to get there, how to put money aside. Peace and how to get out. Mind. How to get and out. And have fun. Have fun. Yeah. yeah.
Have fun and then get out. You can still come along afterwards, I think. Uh, one or two have left and they're still looking to come along to uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the day. So uh, yeah. I, I think the power of being around like-minded people for a day and an evening and not, not networking, I absolutely hate networking, but having the conversations with the right people are priceless. And to have those conversations, all it's not priceless, it's about 170 quid, but it's almost <laughs> priceless. Yeah, but it'll be nice for all those guys that have uh, only ever met each other on Zoom to uh, actually share a beer and uh, absolutely reminisce of that. the good times to come. Yes. But, uh, recently, we've uh, seen a few instances where businesses have, have literally been uh, forced to close due to unfortunate perfect storms. You know, nothing was really big, but the, the, the culmination was the owners went out of business. And they were self-employed. Uh, and you, none, none of your businesses, are, none of your nurseries are, you're not self-employed. You, you've got limited companies in each of your businesses. Yes. What's yeah. I, I just think you need to start with protection in mind. We're in a, a very risky business with sort of a safeguarding and recruitment and looking after children and legal cases and that sort of thing. So the number one priority to me was to make sure that my personal assets as such are separate from anything that could go wrong should should anything happen through no fault of our own and we have to close everything needed to be protected so we've been limited company since day one which gives us limited li liability on um, uh, and with respect to that don't leave piles of money I, I like leaving money in my business because it's the cheapest way to um, for me to hold money uh, tax-wise, but that might not be such a smart move if you are liably, liable to be sued. In one of my previous companies uh, in the good old days, uh, we had an electronics company and we built the control boards that controlled the Thames barrier. We definitely didn't leave any money in our companies there. Because <laughs> so, so if you... That would, that would have been a them. big bill. <laughs> yeah. So just explain, if you've got £150,000, for argument's sake, in your nursery account and something happens, what happens to that money? That money becomes claimable by the defendant. You, can, you, you might be forced to use that for... If you close the business, you can't suddenly pay yourself a dividend post-event, they will come back after you. They will say that's, that's fraudulent trading. Basically, if you're, if you're liable to be sued, if, if something is potentially like, you know, likely to go wrong, then just keep enough money to be operational, get the money out, pay yourself the dividends. Uh, you can always lend the money. You know, you, what, you, once you, what you can do is you can uh, declare dividends, but keep the money in the business but that's still your money. It's not the business's money. And so if they claim they come after you, then they can't come after your money, just the company's money. Mm. Uh, and if you need to put money back in, lend the money back in. But hopefully you won't need to do that. Yeah, because we've had we've seen a case of somebody who's self-employed have to unfortunately close. And of course, they are personally liable for all the redundancy pay that has to go to the staff. So if there's if if he was a limited, if they were a limited company, then the funds would only be what is in the bank account. So if before the event all the money was taken out, that's absolutely fine, no issue at all. But if the money is taken out after the event and then you refuse to pay the redundancy payments, then of course that's fraudulent and you can't do that. But when you're self-employed, of course, what happens if there's no money in the business to pay the 
redundancies that comes out of your own personal wealth and assets. So your wealth and assets is the business. There's no distinction. You're, correct. You know, self-employed. All the money that you have is up for grabs and you really mm. don't want that. That, no. that would be heartbreaking. Whereas if you're a limited status, then, you know, your home is safe, your personal savings are safe, all that sort of thing is safe and ring fenced. So that that can't be used. In the good old days, you would have a, a limited company for each nursery. Uh, but and the, the thinking behind that was if one nursery went, the other nurseries wouldn't be affected. But that's not quite the case anymore. Is that correct? Well, that's that's only that was only the, the case with Ofsted years and years ago. So we do have separate limited companies for each nursery, which is like a trading division in their own entity. Because what we didn't want is something happens with site A, then site B, C, D and E are affected. But if something happens with site A, that could just be closed down in theory. and B, C, D, and E are safe. So uh, from my perspective, if you have each company operating individually, then one company can't be supported with inadvertently supporting another. You know, one photo of, I've just seen photo. Photo? Yeah, there's a, a <laughs> notification come up that says June photo when I read it and I was like, oh, no. what's, um, what's June got to do with it? That's my mum. All right. <laughs> So, um, Fair sorry, enough. reader, <laughs> we get back on the block. Yeah, I like to see individual companies because each has its own bank account, each has its own uh, uh, audit trail. You can see how well they're doing, and in an instant, every month, you can see how well the company's doing. But to me, the biggest factor in terms of having individual companies and individual bank accounts, etc., is the fact is how easy it is to sell part of your business. If you have a, a business which uh, is in the wrong area, and very often we see the right nursery in the wrong area, you can sell that off. In fact, one, one of the marketing club clients a few years ago was a good family friend. He used to play ice hockey with my son. And they had a business and we were talking and he was struggling and he, he they didn't like it. And I said, well, sell this one and buy somewhere else, you know. And two weeks later, I got an email to say, I, I need to resign from the marketing club. I said, well, why is that? He said, because we saw businesses. He just literally took the idea and did it two weeks later. The businesses were gone. You can do that if each individual business is a, is a separate company and you can mm -hmm. have different buyers. You just technically, you can do it in space of 10 minutes. You sign a piece of paper, transfer the money and you're done. That's it with a limited yeah. company. Yeah. But if you're self-employed, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's, it, it's very messy isn't it and if you own a freehold as, as well it's important to have that in a different company as well because you may want to keep the freehold but sell the business one of our clients is buying and buying a nursery in london and there's two properties attached but they're all in the well, they're all in the one company and the vendors want to keep the freeholds and lease out the nursery space but sell the nursery so they're having to unravel all of that and work out lease payments and all that sort of thing and it's really messy so the vendors are trying to sell the assets and goodwill of the business but the buyer wants to buy the the business because it's got the offset outstanding so it's got history and that's got value it's worth something so they're having a discussion as to what the best way is to move forward so the and idea is to move the companies out of the nursery if you own the property and you own the um, nursery as well if the nursery if the building is leased to the company then just selling the shares everything's done there's no more paperwork to do mm. it's in the name of the, it's in the name of the nursery and the owners of the nursery can be changed in 10 minutes signing a piece of paper and I, I think it can even be done online these dates 
you know, certainly my accountant does it for me. I just get a piece of paper to sign and that's it. Bump, job done. Yeah. Take care, everybody. We're back. Um, hopefully we will be producing this on a regular basis, won't we, Neil? Absolutely. We are, we are back with season two. This was episode one and stand by next week for episode two and so on and so forth. Talk soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. If there are any topics from today's episode of the Nursery Business Podcast and you want to find out more or ask questions or have suggestions, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. Take care, guys.